Hello, world. This is Blackstone Finn with the What's My Point podcast. Today's topic, for all you creatives out there and writers, is one of our favorite topics, motivation. How do I get to the canvas, the page, the computer screen, the keyboard, the drawing pencil, the camera, whatever it is that you are using to create your medium for art, uh, how do you get motivated to start? It's not an easy answer, and I know it's one that we all struggle with. It's kind of like the proverbial, I know I need to work out, but I can't get off the couch kind of situation. And for myself, I find that once I start writing, once I'm in the flow of writing, motivation is not a problem. It's, it's the starting. It's, the, it's getting to that momentum, getting into that zone. So I'm going to share with you some tips and tricks that work for me and kind of caveats to watch out for. So I'm not the first one to say this, and I'm trying to remember where I originally saw it, if it was not even going to try quoting the source because I don't know, but I'm sure you've heard this before. You need a why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to write a book? Why do I want to paint on this canvas? Why do I want to take this photo or take a series of photos? The why, if you don't have a why, it's going to fade out pretty quick and motivation is going to be really, really hard to come by. So that's number one, know your why. And uh, I wish I could remember where I heard that, but it's not my, it's not me, (laughs) but it works. So try it. What is your why? Excuse me, if you hear other sounds, this uh, brings up my second point, hunger. (laughs) So, um... What you eat, what I eat, let me only speak for myself, what I eat uh, really affects my creativity. So for example, today I'm trying to do intermittent fasting. And as you can probably hear, my tummy's growling right now. I'm really hungry. And within about 15 minutes of having those hunger pangs, I start to get really tired. So that just means, you know, my car's running out of gas. I need fuel. Intermittent fasting is a great idea, but there's a certain point where I know that my body is just like, no, we're not doing this today. You haven't fed us in several hours and this is it. This is your cutoff point. So uh, to that I say, eat when you're hungry. Your body will tell you. So it's for me, it's the stomach, not the brain, not boredom, not emotional eating, But when my stomach starts growling and when it feels like it's folding in on itself uh, and I haven't eaten for several hours, if all those factors are there, I probably need to nourish my body. And I'll usually start out with a tall glass of water because sometimes hunger can also indicate for me dehydration. Um, So if I have eaten in a few hours past, uh, then I'll say, wow, you know, you're hungry, but you just ate two hours ago, so you probably need to drink a tall glass of water. So that's another thing is fuel your body. Uh, Motivation will definitely wane quickly for me if I am not well fueled. 
And I don't just mean coffee, although I love my Starbucks, but I don't mean just coffee. I mean nourishment like four ounces of steak and broccoli and a green smoothie. If I have those things, I'm running all day. I'm doing good. So everybody's different. If you're vegan, I totally applaud you. I tried vegan for a while and it actually didn't work for my body, but everybody appreciates different types of fuel. Um, I know that I have to be careful with sugar. If I have sugar, it gives me a crash. So around Christmas and Easter, I'm always, uh, I'm always crankier because I'm going up on these sugar highs and then crashing really hard from Christmas candy or Easter candy. Um, so I guess another key point to motivation is know your body, know the tools you're working with. If you're going to put your car in a race, you need to know what your car runs on, how well it's tuned up, et cetera, et cetera. So as an artist creating something, whether it's writing or painting or whatever your medium is, as an artist, our bodies are our toolkit, right? So just like an actor, they used to say, um, in acting class, they used to say, know your instrument. Well, your instrument is your emotional life, your body, your brain. It's the whole package, right? An actor is the product. So everything that goes into that product, emotional experience, mental experience, social experience, physical, all of it comprises the actor package. And I would say that's true for any artist because we all have different points of view and we all have, uh, we all see the world through a different keyhole. So whatever view you're looking at the world from, whatever your point of view is, uh, that's, uh, that's coming from your source of, of all the things, right? So body, mind, and spirit, in my opinion. And of course, higher power in some cases, right? So not everyone believes that, but I definitely believe that, uh, well, I'm not even going to go there right now. We'll just leave it totally agnostic for right now. But I do believe, and this as a creative, sometimes it feels like there is a force larger than myself that is pushing me along. And that's nice. Um, okay, what else? Motivation. Okay, so I spoke about eating, which is one of my favorite topics. I spoke about coffee, which is another one of my favorite topics. Oh, yeah. So once you get there, being in the flow. Uh, I think it was Hemingway that said this. Always leave hungry. So what that means is stop before you think you're done. So if you're typing along and you're writing out a really good scene and you're like, oh, man, you feel totally energized, right? Well, if it's towards the end of the day and you've been working, you've had a good session of writing, whenever you write, if you've had, a, if you feel like you've had a good session, you've gotten some words down on the page, but you feel like you're, you're in the flow and you're ready to do more, just stop and write down what you're going to do next. And so what Hemingway meant by that, and I think this is really good advice, is you don't want to burn yourself out in one session. I have had... Um, writing sessions where I'll use the whole tank of gas. And what I mean by that is I'll be writing, I'll be in the flow, I'll keep going, and I don't go to bed, for example. So 
I had a writing session a couple weeks ago where I wrote until 1230 in the morning. I thought it was good because I was in the zone, quote unquote. Well, the next day I woke up feeling like crap. So what I should have done is, you know, normal bedtime. I should have just written my notes for what's next, you know, what comes next in the exact scene. And then what Hemingway used to do is he would read what he wrote the day before and he would get himself back into that mental space. And I think that when I do that, it really works. So you basically read what you wrote before. You Well, first of all, you stop before you think you're done. You know, you stop when the, you, it's like leaving a party when everybody's in a good, at a good point, you know, you know, you don't want to be the last one to leave the party. Don't be the last one to leave your scene when all the other characters are exhausted, you know, just uh, get your writing, you know, if you're in a really good mental space, just write down, oh, this is what's going to happen tomorrow with the characters, or this is where they're going to go next. So the next day, you know, you get a good night's sleep, you have your breakfast in the morning, or whatever your morning routine is, you get to the desk and you read the scene you wrote the day before and you read where they're going next. And it's just like hopping back into the map. You know, you're, you're driving along this country road and you just pulled over to the side for a bit and then you get back on this beautiful country road and you continue to drive. Um, so I really like that advice. And that one I'm pretty sure is from Hemingway because I saw that one quite recently and I was like, that works for me because I've done it. And I've also done the other way where I run my car along the country road. I'm like, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I'm going to keep driving. And then I run out of gas and then I lose a day because my productivity fluctuates. It's better to have consistent productivity. And in my opinion, it's just better to have that consistency. Okay. So we've talked about those things. Um, next on motivation. So you have to know your why you have to make sure that you're your car is full of gas and that you're ready to go. You're well-nourished in your body and your creative mind. Um, and stop, you know, don't be the last one to leave the party. So that's another point there. Make sure that you leave still wanting more uh, so that you're ready to be powered up the next day and get excited about what, what you are writing. Um, and I know sometimes fear comes up about that too. Like It's like, oh, if I don't capture this right now, I'll lose it. Well, just jot it down because I'm sure you, you can, I, I find that I can get back to those points. If I make a note, if I'm out for a walk or a jog or something like that, and I don't make a note, then it's gone. And I remember a wonderful TED talk on this is, um, the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, um, Elizabeth, oh wow, I'm blanking out on her last name. Anyway, the wonderful author who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, her first name is Elizabeth, she did an excellent TED Talk years ago about how creativity and ideas come, you know, I think she was using the example of just they come in the wind, and if you don't grasp them and grab them and hang on to them and write them down, they're gone because they go on to the next artist. I love that image. I think that's very uh, true because I've actually seen that happen where there's an idea that's kind of out in the ether and uh, one artist doesn't pick it up and then it all of a sudden crops up somewhere else a few months later. Ideas definitely can travel like that. So they'll go to whoever is going to manifest them. Um, what's really bothering me that I can't remember her name. Anyway, uh, 
You know who I'm talking about. Eat, pray, love. Amazing, amazing writer, wonderful, inspiring lady, and um, great TED Talk. So check that out. Uh, Another point, okay, so on motivation, I think it's also habit. So this is where the hard part comes in. This is the part that people don't want to think about because writing seems so romantic and, you know, you're out in your garret in Paris and up in the attic like Colette or whatever. Anyway, that's all BS. Being an artist is hard. Self-motivation is hard. It, it just is. That's just a reality. Um, so getting in the habit of just writing, getting in the habit of brushing your teeth. I mean, it has to become a part of you really. And I know that's not fun to hear because if you're like me, you have those romantic notions. I mean, I think about George Sand and what it was like with her life and how she was lovers with Chopin. And wow, wouldn't that be great to hang out with all these artists or be in Paris during the time of Gertrude Stein and Picasso and Hemingway and Joyce. And it's like, just stop. You know, everybody has their challenges. Nobody knows what someone else's struggles are behind the eyes, but we all have them. And in my opinion, being an artist and being a starving artist or being, uh, you know, writing up in the attic, Emily Dickinson style or whatever, it's been highly romanticized by our culture. And it's a load of crap, in my opinion. Pardon my language, but it just is. It's not true. The best artists I know are like this one painter that I that I knew years ago. Uh, I traveled with her in northern Italy. We went to we went on a painting trip together, a bunch of us. And it was I was kind of noticing like when you live with a bunch of people, you notice different habits, right? So everybody has their own little morning routine and things like that. The artists that I saw as top tier were the most OCD. The artists that were kind of messy and kind of that traditional, you know, I, I've got a cluttered, you know, cluttered workspace and my paints are all mixed up together. And, you know, I just was able to really kind of, again, my writerly observation self was totally, I was there painting with them, but I was also observing how we all behave differently because a writer observes behavior and notices things other people don't. So I was kind of like in and out of it. I was kind of like in the atmosphere and painting with them and standing out in the field with my little Peshad box and trying to paint the sky and the beautiful flowers. <laughs> but I was also going, wow, she's really organized. And that person over there, she's just like totally like Linus and peanuts, really, really messy. And, and then I was noticing how their paintings were different. And um, it goes back to that old adage about a cluttered desk is a cluttered mind or a cluttered room is a cluttered mind for myself. And again, just speaking from my lived experience, if I am not organized, my life spirals down the drain very quickly. So if I'm spending time, it can be as simple as spending time looking for my car keys. If I've got to go somewhere in the morning and, I, and I'm looking for my car keys, immediately, bingo, bango, bongo, 
anxiety comes in, like in a heart heartbeat, you know, just flash in the anxiety and it ruins my day. If I'm organized and I'm like, okay, I know where my car keys are. I've got my calendar mapped out for the day. I know where I'm going. I know what I have to do. The more organized I am, uh, the easier life is. And there's this kind of, again, a, a romantic idea of the creative, the artist being this kind of bohemian, you know, amazing lover, messy life, heavy drinker, you know, all this, all this stuff that, and I've seen it romanticized real time. I've, I've seen this in writing groups. I've seen this in, you know, and it's just garbage. <laughs> it's really, it's like, <laughs> when I think of how much time I wasted, Oh, gosh, it's really irritating when I think of all the time I wasted in that whole romantic idea of being an artist. Uh, an artist who is good at their craft is going to be just as disciplined as an engineer who is good at their craft. Whether you are building a bridge or painting a canvas or writing a novel, it's hard work. It takes precision. It takes effort. It takes discipline. And this whole topic today on this podcast is about motivation. I might be totally demotivating you at this point. So let me end on a, well, you know, again, what's my point? My point is, is that motivation is not always what you think it is. It's not, it's not about inspiration or waiting until you're, you know, if inspiration strikes, you know, like Elizabeth talked about, the writer of Eat, Pray, Love, whose last name I cannot recall at this moment. If inspiration strikes, write it down. Don't miss it, because that's true. It'll go on to somebody else. But don't wait for it. Get to the page. Get to the canvas. Get to, you know, taking photos every day. Whatever it is you do, you have to have the discipline around doing it and be really structured about it. Those are the people that make it, you know, I mean, sure, Picasso, Van Gogh, you know, well, Van Gogh died destitute and without part of his earlobe. So not a good example. But, um, and same thing with Edgar Allan Poe, people romanticize Edgar Allan Poe and his amazing poetry. Well, the guy died face down in the gutter, raging alcoholic, died of alcoholism. Same thing with Jack Kerouac. Um, he admitted to Allen Ginsberg that he killed himself slowly with alcohol because he was Catholic and it was a sin to commit suicide. So he, and this is something that Allen Ginsberg, I mean, you can find it on YouTube, Allen Ginsberg talking about uh, Jack Kerouac. Nothing romantic about that. There's nothing romantic about dying of alcoholism. There's nothing romantic about dying face down in a gutter. There's nothing romantic about James Dean crashing his car. Those things are not romantic. They're tragic. And speaking as one who has gotten very, very close to tragedy more than once and is doing everything she can to not make her life a cautionary tale, but rather a tale of redemption, um, I can speak to this. This is a subject I know very well. So how to be motivated. Number one, it's all, it's so simple. I know it's not romantic because it's just so simple. Number one, motivation how to be motivated, know your why. If you don't know your why, you're probably not going to be motivated. Number two, 
Fuel your body. Take care of yourself. Do whatever you need to do to nourish yourself with the right protein, the right food, the right sleep, the right amount of water and hydration, the right amount of exercise and relaxation. All those things go into making a happy body. And a happy body produces a creative, stress-free mind. Number three, once you're on the page or at the canvas or whatever and you're having a really good session and you want to keep going but you've been going quite a while, don't run out of gas. Stop before you run out of gas. Don't be the last person to leave the party. Uh, If inspiration strikes, always have your notebook with you. Always be able to write stuff down. If I'm out taking a walk, I always make sure I have either my phone or a notebook so that because I've had many ideas that come to me and I think, oh, I'll remember that later. And then I don't. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert, that's her name. Oh, thank God. I just remembered her name. (laughs) thought I was having a senior moment there. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert is the writer of Eat, Pray, Love. Look for her talk on inspiration and TED Talk from years and years ago. Um, Anyway, so I think I've been rambling long enough on this podcast. I hope some of this is helpful to you. What's my point? Motivation to be a writer is not romantic. It's hard. It takes discipline. It takes routine. It takes habit. It takes organization. And it's a drag sometimes. But I find that when I'm in the middle of creating something, the reward is big. The um, When I'm in the zone and I'm writing and it's going well, or when I'm editing and I'm reading a printout and I'm like, that's it. I've really, really captured this feeling on the page. That reward is far greater than any of the struggles that go into getting there, in my opinion. But the reward takes time. It's a marathon, not a sprint, to use another overused cliche. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So... Yeah, so that's all I have to say for that right now. Motivation. What's my point? Motivation, it's, uh, it's not as all that it seems to be. <laughs> so find out what motivates you. Know your why. Take care of yourself and try these other things and let, you know, let me know how it works out for you. And so that's my point. I hope you are motivated and inspired by this. And to leave you on a good point, to quote someone else, there's always tomorrow. (laughs) That's not the right way to end a motivation podcast. (laughs) Sorry, that was really bad. Okay, ciao for now.